Praise God. Amen. Amen. Boy, it excited me this week to see that flatbed truck pull into Palestine, Ohio with cases of water from Honesdale. Amen. Amen. Where they said it couldn't be done and we're doing it out of here and being a blessing to other people. Amen. So that about sounds like God, I would say. Does the impossible where they say it couldn't be done. And not only does it there, does it to be a blessing in this nation and nations around the world. Amen. I said amen. I'll be in Spain in uh, May, I guess it is, with builders to help them raise some money. They have a church there. I've been to this island actually before, believe it or not. I was there on vacation one time. Never knew I'd be back for <laughs> helping plant a church. But God knew, amen. Palma de Mallorca, however you say it. I don't know, amen. But I'll be there. They have a group of people who I've supported, I've helped already personally, but we're going to help them as a ministry, amen. They have 1,500 people meeting right now all over the place on this small island. And the pastors have come together, they've mortgaged their houses, things of that nature, and been raising money, doing everything they can to build the first watches church plant in over 200 years on that island. First gospel witness. And I'm going to go there and believe God, and we're going to get that thing finished off for them in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So that'll be in May. Pray about your part in that if you would. But I really felt strong in my spirit that once a month I want to take a special offering just for missions projects around the globe. Thank you. I'll take those two amens and the one Holy Ghost grunt. Because here's what I know. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man shall sow, that shall he also reap. Last week we taught on tithing. And I'm telling you right now, God poured out his spirit in this house. I feel bad for anybody that missed it. Amen. I'm we had a barn burner. And I was all right with it. Amen. Continuing on tonight, well, I feel led to stay on this uh, topic on generosity, but I want to talk to you tonight about the difference between greed and God. Oh, man. I said the difference between greed and God, because there's a big difference. I said there's a big difference between greed and God. The Bible never called money evil. It called the love of money evil. And I think more than anything in this country, people serve the spirit of mammon. I'm going to talk on a few minutes, do a little teaching tonight, more than preaching. But what is the spirit of mammon? And truthfully, most people, that's what they serve. They don't serve God, they serve mammon. But what I know is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, as we navigate through some of these topics, some of these things, like generosity, what it does is it allows our hearts to be positioned in a place where then God can pour out his spirit upon us. You understand? God has a hard time pouring out his spirit upon us and through us uh, when we're led by greed. Oh boy. Where there's a will, there's a relative. Can I say it that way? Come on. Say amen or say ouch. You know that's the truth. Nelsa's back. Amen. Nelsa, we prayed for you last Sunday night. We're glad you're here. Give her a big hand. Hallelujah. Good to see you. We love you. Amen. I'd sing, have I told you lately that I loved you, but it emptied the church out. Amen. <laughs> Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 16. Luke 16 is in the New Testament of the Bible. And I want to address an interesting passage tonight. I'm not one of these preachers that deviates away from the hard stuff. I kind of enjoy the hard stuff. Amen. Somebody told me one night, they ought to rename your service Straight No Chaser. 
<laughs> I thought it was funny. Some people get insulted by stuff like that. I thought it was a compliment. Amen? Give it to me straight. No chaser. Amen? <laughs> but God has allowed us through his precious Holy Spirit to navigate through some of these things. And what I find interesting is as we're faithful to do what God has told us to do, it's just like he continues to pour out his spirit more and more and more. And we really have been experiencing, if you're new here, a real outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I have, and I say this humbly, God gets all the glory, but I have preached all over the place. For every who's who, the charismatic zoo, and then some. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, I know God is doing something supernatural here in Honesdale. I know, I'm telling you, it's like, which way is the wind blowing? And I'm telling you, I know that God is doing something through this church. And he gets all the glory for it. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, if you tune me out now, at least catch this much. He gets all the glory. Amen. I had a couple of preacher friends of mine tell me just last week, what are you doing in Honesdale? <laughs> I said, well, that's where God has me, and I'm going to prosper where I'm planted until God sells something else. Amen? But I know God's moving. I, I couldn't believe the amount of testimonies that came out of last week's meeting. I mean, we've been experienced just healing after healing, miracle after miracle. And those of you that write me Monday or whatever it is, Tuesday, send me a text, a Facebook message, Instagram, whatever it is, and let me know your testimony, I really appreciate it because it encourages other people's faith. My buddy Jeff's here tonight. Felt led to pray for him last week, and the Lord healed his knees. Amen. Amen. And it meant so much to me. He wrote me a handwritten note, which I thought was nice. And you, your handwriting might be worse than mine. Amen. But I'm teasing. <laughs> the Lord healed his knees and he said to me, he said, Pastor Tyler, I came back to the house of God. You prayed for me. The Lord touched my knees. He said, I've been able to run around with my kids this week. Haven't been able to do that in a long time. I said, that about sounds like Jesus. Amen. Other people had surgery scheduled. They went in. The doctor said, you don't need the surgery anymore. God has just been moving wonderfully by the power of his Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, as I get done preaching tonight, we got to preach. You preach the gospel. That's what preachers are supposed to do. But Jesus said, these signs will follow them who believe. And what I found out is signs, wonders, and miracles always follow the preaching of the gospel. Amen? I preached this morning, 11 a.m. down in Peckville. Almost ran that place empty. Amen. No, I'm teasing. I preached on what it takes to see a move of God. And I'm telling you, folks, we are experiencing an outpouring here, and God gets all the glory. And I'm grateful to Jesus for what he's doing. Amen? If you're new, welcome to the house of God. Welcome to the family of God. I hope we made you feel welcome. If we didn't, God's spirit will. Amen. Luke chapter 16 and verse 9. This is a tough text, and I look forward to it. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. This is interesting. I'm going to break this down for you and explain it all. That when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Say amen. amen. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit you to trust, uh, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Interesting, isn't it? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, 
Who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either you'll hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Oh boy, we're going to get at this tonight. I could feel the heart issues already swirling in some people. Oh baby, that nerve that runs from your heart to your wallet, amen. Just so you know, I'm the type of preacher who has no problem shying away from anything. I will not back down. I'm telling you, I don't care. People, I have a preacher say, you don't teach people on money. They're going to leave your church. Let them leave. I didn't chase them to come here. I'm not going to chase them when they go. But I'll tell you what I will do. I'll stand before an awesome and a holy God someday, and I'll be held accountable for how I taught, what I preached. And the Bible says it like this in the New Testament. The fires of hell are stoked seven times as hot for people that teach the word. In other words, there's people who call themselves pastor. It'll split hell wide open. I know. might not be a cupcake message. If you look for a cupcake, you got the wrong guy. Amen? I don't like cupcakes, fruitcakes, or anything in between. <laughs> Amen. Let me ask you this. Are you submitted to money or are you submitted to God? Are you submitted to money or are you submitted to God? I hear people say this stuff all the time. Man, I'd love to come to church. I just don't have the time. But you got time to go to work 40 hours a week? Don't tell me you're serving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and your strength, and you can't get to the house of God. Because what you care about, you prioritize. Oh, baby. I said what you care about, you prioritize. I can tell you where your heart's at. Show me your checkbook. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. Most people don't understand that. Where your heart is, therefore also your treasure is. Even good, well-intentioned people that call themselves Christians don't serve God. They serve money. I hear people tell me, I'd love to come over there, but it gets dark on Sunday night. Let me help you. It gets dark everywhere at nighttime. Not to discourage you, but Monday through Saturday, it gets dark too. But that don't stop you from going to McDonald's or wherever else you're going. Don't tell me you're home in bed by 5 p.m. It'll allow you fry, amen? I, I, it just, Jody, it gets dark over that way. Headline news, I've traveled all over this world. It gets dark all over this world. The only place it didn't get dark where I was was when I spent a summer in the bush of Alaska when it was light 23 hours a day. But in the wintertime, they only get about 45 minutes a day of light. So same principle, amen. And let me help you. If you're not in the bush of Alaska, therefore it gets dark. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll pray for her later. I appreciate it. That woman needs a touch from God. Amen. The Lord will touch her. Scripture teaches the devastation that can come from money, but also the blessing of handling it well. Scripture, scripture teaches there's devastation from handling money the wrong way. Say amen. But it also teaches the blessing of handling it well. It's a word called stewardship. Oh, man. Stewardship. God owns it all, but God loans it all. I said God owns it all, but God loans it all. People don't understand. 
They think, well, I used to hear this when I was younger. Oh, can I just for a minute? I don't need to save for retirement because Jesus is coming back before I retire. <laughs> we got a word for you where I come from. It's called stupid. I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but I'm also telling you, Jesus said, be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Most people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. Come on. I don't, you know, oh, I hope Jesus comes back because I haven't been a good steward. Oh, man. I'm going to come over here. It's a little warmer. <laughs> come on. Still love me? Don't blame the Holy Ghost for your lack of discipline. That was worth the price of admission. Well, Jesus has to take care of me. Jesus will take care of you, but Jesus also has entrusted you with stewardship. He's entrusted you to be responsible, dum-dum. That's the nicest way I know how to put it. Come on. God never calls you to be broke. You made yourself broke. Come on. Dave Ramsey preached for a friend of mine last Sunday, and I was talking to him on the phone beforehand, my friend, and he said, I believe now more than ever People in church need this message. He goes, I can't believe how many people are, are a mess financially. When God's word has the answer to everything. So don't blame God for your stupidity. Still love me? It's very true. I said it's very true. Come on. When we tithe, we give God our first and our best. It positions us to live in God's blessing and not under a burden. So number one tonight. I'd say very quickly, but that never is going to happen. Amen. <laughs> Choose your master. Choose your master. He said, Deuteronomy chapter 30, I've set before you blessing in life, cursing and disaster. Oh, that you would choose life. The choice is up to you. Stop blaming God for your stupidity. Stop blaming God for your mistakes. Own them up. Come on, be a man. Oh, I know that's not the type of teaching they like in this country anymore. Everything's everybody else's fault. Just go on social media because they're right about everything. Come on. You know, I'm one of those guys that tells you, I'm starting with the man in the mirror, Michael Jackson. I'm asking you to change your ways. It's time you take some responsibility for your actions. It's time to man up. Come on. You're 42 years old. It's time to get a job. Sorry. I told you a couple weeks ago, I had my first legal job when I was 11. Before that, I'm pretty sure I was a slave to my great-grandfather. Amen. <laughs> Grandpa, are we getting paid? Throw the hay on the trailer. <laughs> Anybody else grow up like that? Come on. That's your pay. You got to ride the horse. It's not the pay I was looking for. I was looking for money. Amen. <laughs> Anybody else grow up like that? Come on. Where men were men and sheep were scared. Amen? <laughs> Choose your master. Come on. Choose your master. The Bible says, Luke 16, 13, No servant can serve two masters. For you either hate the one and love the other, or else you'd be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot. Let me help you, especially younger people. Don't chase money. Chase God. Chase God. Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all this other stuff will get added unto you. 
Too many people have been chasing stuff and not God and wondering why they make a mess. See, I, I can preach from a place of authority on this because this is an area where God has instructed me and blessed me in this area. So I have an anointing I can teach in this area. I'm not saying look at me. I'm saying look at what the Word of God says. But I hate seeing people struggle. I hate seeing people sick. I hate seeing people despondent. I hate seeing people broke, especially children of God. When God has lined up in his word and instructed us for keys, hear me, not like a pamphlet for prosperity. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about get rich quick scheme. I'm talking about living underneath the blessing of God, the blessing of the Lord. There's nothing better than the blessing of the Lord. Let me just, a little teaching here. Mammon is a spirit. Actually, it was a God that the Syrians worshipped. Most people don't know that. Now, the Bible was written in Greek, in Hebrew, and in Aramaic. I love the baby. <laughs> Man, I laid hands on so many babies and so many kids last week. I thought, my Lord, does anybody in homes have anything else to do? Amen. <laughs> Sorry, but that's... I, I'm as real as they come, folks. If you wanted some polished, fake, whatever, you got the wrong guy. I'm sure somebody will send me a nasty message. I got done preaching this morning, and I know more don't. I mean, we laid hands on a pile of people. Holy Spirit poured out, and the last people I laid hands on was my kids. Oh. And I told them, I said, then lay hands on your mother. Pray for her. You feel the anointing, right? And then I looked at my stupid phone. And here somebody sends me a message eating me seven ways a Sunday. I don't know who you are. I simply responded, and who is this? They're still yet to respond, amen. If you're watching, hi. <laughs> but the, here's the thing with mammon. Mammon wants you to look at it and trust in it rather than looking to God and trusting in God. It promises things it can never deliver. Shh, I'm going to hit it for a second. Mammon speaks, it lies, and gives false promises. It'll do whatever it can do to get your eyes off of God and His goodness. And on instead of His faithfulness and His blessing, it'll promise all those things, but it can never deliver. And it'll do anything it can do to distract you and get your eyes... Instead of on Jesus, the Bible says fix your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Instead of doing that, it'll get you to focus on everything else. Come over here. I got more money for you. It'll bring you happiness. Now, look, I know some very wealthy people. Some, people, some of them serve God, and they're joyful. Other ones don't serve God. They're miserable. I know broke people that are miserable. Broke people that serve God that aren't miserable. Broke people that don't serve God and are miserable. Money is neither good nor bad. It's a tool. But when it enters your heart, it's game over. It's game over. I'm telling you. Mammon promises you everything that only God can give you. Money promises identity, security, significance. Come on. Happiness and joy. I'm telling you, it cannot deliver any of those things. That's the thing with the devil. He's a cheap imitation of anything God really has. Oh, man. He's like a, a, a bad plastic surgeon. You know? 
They probably did Joan Rivers' work. Amen. No, Jesus. That's bad. If you can't handle a little insult humor, you probably won't like it here. Amen. I've had a little bit too much Don Rickles in my life. To <laughs> but it's true. Watch this. For instance, the feeling that only the Holy Spirit can give you, the devil will try and lure people with through drugs. It's a cheap imitation of what only God can offer. Money will bring you status. No, it won't. Let me help you. People don't even like you. They want you for your money. Can I just for a minute? They might be smiling. Remember that scene in Christmas Vacation? The little boss marching down the hallway. And all the dudes following behind him. They didn't like him. They were looking for their Christmas bonus, which turned out to be Jelly of the Month Club. Amen? <laughs> but money promises what only God can deliver. I'm telling you, folks. Money's neither good nor bad. Am I saying rich people are evil? No, I'm not. And I think we have to be careful in the body of Christ there's not a prejudice towards rich people or a prejudice towards people who don't have. Paul said, I've known to have a lot and I've known to have little. I've learned to be content in all things. Oh, boy. Joshua 24, 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in the land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I know we're missing a whole group of people tonight. They're over in Israel. I'm kind of jealous of them, amen? Last time I was there, they thought I was from there. I don't know if it was the beard, the tan skin. I don't know, amen? But I loved every minute of it, amen? Other than when people are trying to speak Hebrew to me. And I'm just looking at them. I don't have the gift of interpretation, amen? <laughs> so we send well wishes to everybody over there tonight, amen? There's a team of about 20 of them over there. Enjoying the promised land, amen? Hallelujah. As for me and my family, we'll serve the Lord. Now, somebody can get uptight about this, but just be okay. Just go, it's going to be all right. I'm teaching my children from a very young age that everything we have has come from the hand of God. Yeah, I work for it. Read the Bible. God says he blessed the work of your hands. Not for God, you wouldn't have a job. Sir, go ahead, put your trust in the government. Let me know how that's working out for you. <laughs> Taking your tax money instead of helping people in this country. Senate, it, never mind. Sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's truthful. It's truthful. That's right. Thank God there's people in Honesdale that said, well, what the government won't do, we will do. Hallelujah. That's bragging. No, it's bragging on the goodness of God in the land of the living. But I teach my children. My daughter's four and rules the world. And my son is two. So you can imagine what things are like in our house. A little bit crazy. Amen. And from time to time I watch the kids, which essentially means uh, you guys do whatever you want. And there is stuff flying everywhere. It looked like a hurricane went off. Amen? <laughs> Carlin comes home. What happened? 
the dog. Amen. <laughs> but I'm teaching my children at a young age. Watch this. That when Lorelai comes to me and says, money for the pig. Meaning her piggy bank. Amen. Because she's got a pig and Levi's got an airplane. Go figure. And she says, dad, money for the pig. I said, oh, it's money for the pig. Before I hand her the money, I said, it's Lorelai. Who gave us the money? Jesus did. No matter what means it comes from, it comes from my business, it comes from whatever. No, everything I have has come from the hand of God. God owns it all, God loans it all. So say she takes, <laughs> she takes it, then asks for it. You do the math. <sighs> come to learn, when it comes to females, my brother, <laughs> what's mine is hers and what's hers is hers. Amen. <laughs> It's a good lesson to learn before you get married. Amen. <laughs> Let the church say amen. So anyway, I say Lorelai has 100 bucks. Takes it off my hands tonight. Is money for the pig? I says, yeah. I says, how much of that's yours? $90. Not too bad at four years old. Because I'm teaching them, hear me. Everything we have has come from the hands of God. The tithe always belongs to God. The offering's what we decide to give to them. And I will teach my kids that principle to the day I die. That God owns it all, God loans it all. We worship God with our giving and with our living. Amen? You know why? Because number two tonight, God's spirit fights off a greedy spirit. Oh, man. God's spirit fights off a greedy spirit. You know who people in church, Glenn, don't like teaching on tithing? Greedy people. Cheapskates. Oh, easy, brother. Amen. <laughs> the only people I ever see get mad. I don't want to teach on Because you're greedy. You're not a giver. I've never met a giver that has a problem with the word of God being taught on giving. Oh, man. Never met one giver that has a problem with it. You know what my favorite teaching is? Giving. Because it exemplifies God. It breaks the spirit of mammon off of your life. It breaks that greedy spirit. For God so loved the world, he gave what? His only begotten son. God sowed the most precious thing he had as a seed to reap a harvest of a whole bunch of children. The Bible says in Genesis 8.22, as long as there's summer and winter, seed time and harvest will endure. People think it's just a money thing. No, it's an everything thing. She don't love me anymore. You're not very lovable. When's the last time you gave some love? I'll get up in your grill and tell you the truth. Nobody likes me. They're all miserable over there. And you look like you're baptizing pickle juice. <laughs> Try putting a smile on your face. It's amazing when you smile and say hi to people, how many people smile and say hi back. Yeah. Debbie, am I telling the truth? I walk around the gym, complete strangers. Hey, how's it going? Hey, you know why? Because I believe, watch this, that I reap what I sow. And let me help you, that works good or bad. Oh, man. You walk and talk, man, nothing good ever happened to me. No, the doctor said diabetes. All you talk is doubt and unbelief and negativity, sickness and disease, poverty and lack. That's all you'll ever experience. But I'm telling you, you could have a different spirit about you, a spirit of God, say amen to this. That says everybody else might be negative, but I'm going to speak positive. Everybody else might be talking defeat, I'll be talking victory. Everybody else might be talking living under, I'm going to live over in the blessing of God. Come on, say amen to this. 
called having a different spirit about you. God's spirit fights off a greedy spirit. That's why I love, I believe, in my opinion, I love when we receive the offering at church. You know why? Because it's the one thing that costs us. David said, I won't even come to your house without bringing you something that cost me something. David, one of the greatest kings who ever lived next to Jesus, say amen, when they were building the temple. <laughs> People, I don't think they ought to brag on the things of God. You wouldn't have liked him. He gave what translates today to be a $21 billion offering with a B himself out of his own personal treasury. He said, I don't know what everybody else is doing, and I know my kid's about to take the reins here. When we're building the temple, here's what I'm giving out of my treasury. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. When you give, God's spirit always fights off a greedy spirit. Amen? How about Paul says to Timothy about people who serve mammon as their master and not God. He says in 1 Timothy 6, verses 9 and 10. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Pretty good, isn't it? For the love of money. Say the love of money. Didn't say money's evil. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Oh, can I just take a minute? Prostitution. Why does it take place? Love of money. People dealing drugs. Love of money. Any major sin, child sex slavery, all this stuff. What does it come down to? Greed. Greed. That's what it is. You're a greedy pig. And you'll do whatever it takes to put a little more jingle in your pocket. Oh boy, I didn't think I'd get too many shouts tonight. But it's still the word of God. And it's still the biggest thing, in my opinion, that needs to be broken in this country. is the spirit of mammon off of people. And I, I'm just bold enough to say it. In a lot of churches, it needs to be broken too. If you wanted some polished politician for a pastor, you got the wrong guy. But I'll tell you the truth. I don't care if it gets up in your grill. You might love me. You might hate me. At the end of the day, I'm going to tell you the truth. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So the Bible never calls money evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. So we don't love money. We don't live for money. Amen. We love God and we live for God. That's the opposite. Hear me. That is the opposite. I don't look like the world because the world serves money. I serve God, who happens to be El Shaddai. I live for God. I don't live for this world. Am I a hustler? You know that. I'll do whatever I can. Hear me. To advance the kingdom of God. But I am not somebody, some preacher on house to say it, that has a for sale sign on him. Or a for rent sign. I tell these young guys desiring to be in ministry all the time, don't take any opportunity that comes your way. I've been offered mega churches with mega money. And I felt God say in my spirit, don't touch the door, don't touch the doorknob. But Jesus, as a young preacher in the flesh, this is on a gold platter. It's not God. Oh boy. I knew it would get uptight in here now. I was offered a major ministry in South Florida. Which to me, I was like, oh, this is Jesus. <laughs> Especially in the cold weather. They offered to pay me huge money. I mean huge. Like CEO type stuff. 
pretty much it would be a CEO. Bring in, preach on a Sunday, out the back door, gone. And I felt the Lord say in my spirit, you don't even have to pray about it. And the answer is no. I said, but Jesus, it's March. <laughs> this is March of last year. I said, I don't know if you've checked the weather in the Scranton area. Uh, but Frosty the snowman's living in my front yard. Amen? <laughs> Watch this. But most preachers, especially young guys, will go, oh, without a doubt, that's God. And jump over here instead of listening for the voice of God and moving into what God had for him. And the truth is, can I just for a minute? A lot of preachers even, I like picking on preachers because I'm one. Amen? Let's start, judgment starts with the house of God. Hear me. Most preachers have a for sale sign. How much money is it going to get to get you to leave the ministry? Oh, man. I've, look, I'm only 32 years old. I have seen it all. I'm not picking on people, but I'm telling you right now, I've seen people called to ministry, serving in ministry, whatever, and then the devil goes, well, i got a construction business over here. You don't even go to church anymore. What's your number? What's your number? You don't serve God. You serve the spirit of mammon. And if you're watching me online and I'm talking about you, I don't have anybody in mind, so please don't. And that's the Holy Spirit convicting you. A lot of preachers have a for rent sign on them. Oh, man. I better not. I got to stay away from that corner over there, amen? <laughs> they will gas me up. <laughs> <laughs> I do, you know that. But a lot, most people have a for sale sign. Well, they offered me time and a half at work to not go to church. Oh boy, I'm gonna come over here. They said just work Sundays. They'll give me time and a half. Well, I got a business. So do I. Multiple. You don't see me anywhere else on Sunday but the house of God. There's not a number that would do it for me. You know why? Because I don't serve money. I serve God. Could I be out on Sunday night hustling, making money? Sure. Do I come here for nothing just to be a blessing and preach the word of God? Yes. Do I come give an offering every week I'm here? Yes. Do I give tithe and above tithe my offering? Yeah. You know why? Because it pushes back that spirit of greed. I can't be bought. I can't be rented. Let me help you. If you get underneath God's spirit, you can't either. The Bible says there's no temptation that can overtake you unless it becomes common to you. I just keep getting overtaken by this temptation. Stop letting it be so common to you. Oh, but I can make money if I just skip church. It's greed. Oh, boy, I knew we'd get into it tonight. Might not have a church by the time we're done, but at least you're telling the truth. Malachi 3.11, I'll rebuke the devourer for you so that you will not destroy the fruits of your soil. And your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. We give to God because he said it's holy to him. Oh, man. How about in the Old Testament where the Israelites defeat their enemies and they're three days picking up the spoil? God says to them, don't touch the gold, don't touch the silver, don't touch the bronze. It's precious and holy unto me. Put it in my treasury. How about in the Garden of Eden? 
one tree not to touch. It represents the tithe. Oh, man. Oh, do I ever have the time on this? Don't touch that. That belongs to me. God really say that? You really say a tenth? You'd do better with the hundred than you would the ninety. Same dumb devil, same dumb lies. Same darn results. We give to God because he says holy to him. It all belongs to him, and we are blessed because of him. Amen? Amen. Number three tonight. Money doesn't help people, God does. Money doesn't help people, God does. I'm not saying God won't use money, but God is the one who helps people. God's the one who gets the glory for it. I love to carry around cash with me just to bless people with. Absolutely love it. I had somebody got mad one night. We were over to the other building just before we moved over here. They're going back to school, the kids. So I bought them all gift cards. I said, you know, could I believe, you believe some guy was in the service, and I handed people cash too. Like, it's not your cash. What do you care? I'm going to teach those kids that there's benefits of serving God. And if the church had a little more intestinal fortitude, you can figure that one out in the ride home. Don't use Google Dictionary now. Amen. To teach kids, watch this, that there's blessings reserved for the righteous. That God will bless their lives. Maybe your kid wouldn't be chasing a drug dealer around town. Well, drug dealer drives a Mercedes. Drug dealer lives in a big house. Drug dealer just, and they are trained from the time they're children. Hear me. Playboys flying jets. And the devil uses it as a tool to suck your kids in. It'll be a cold day and you know where, but you know who's sucking on a snow cone before he sucks my kids into that nonsense. There's a blessing for serving God. But money doesn't help people. God does. When I, tell, I, I give people money, I tell them this. This came from God. It came from the hands of God. Did I work for it? You better believe it. But I want people to know it's God's one helping them, not me. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, he said, money answereth all things. In other words, you can use money to help people. The same way we give money to help Builders International, I could take that same money and you could go spend it on drugs. Money's neither good nor bad. It's what you do with it that makes a difference. Oh, man. Money don't help people. God does. Amen? It's the best English I got. If somebody doesn't, you ever heard this one, church? I wrote this down when we were upstairs. If somebody doesn't write me a check, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've seen preachers. Oh, man. If somebody doesn't write me a check, I don't know what I'm going to do. We talked about it last week. We'll talk about it in a minute. But you don't have a relationship with God. You've got a casual thing going on. Transactional thing. Come on. What you're really saying is I'm only dependent upon God until I get the money. I'm only dependent on God until I get the money. You don't have a relationship with God. You got a casual thing going on. Young folks, a casual thing. That's right. Amen, sister. He wants to go steady. I'm glad that corner has figured out the casual thing. Amen. <laughs> Why? Because God called you in a relationship with him, not a casual thing that's merely transactional. 
That's why I really don't like this mentality. Give to get, give to get, give to get. We don't give to get something out of God. Does God give to us? Yes, but we give to God because we're blessed by God. And if we're not careful, I've heard every <laughs> teaching under the sun on this type of stuff. But sometimes when it comes across, it's more greed than it is God. Will God give to you? Yeah, he'll make you the head and not the tail, above and never beneath. I can quote you umpteen scriptures on this. But I'm telling you, there's a balance in this thing, too. It has to do with stewardship. It has to do with a love for God, so I give to God. Not I give to him to get something out of him. Not like the gospel casino. Oh, man. I said the gospel casino. I'm going to leave all that alone. You need principles from God's word in your life on how to steward what God has entrusted you with. Watch it so you can move into the abundance that God has for you. Luke 16, 11, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you your trust the true riches? Number four tonight. And lastly, get yourself an E-R-O-I. Eternal return on investment. Isn't that good? E-R-O-I. E-R-O-I. I want an eternal return on my investment. My money represents souls. My money represents souls. I don't know how else to say it. And I've learned a thing or two about this. My Lord, I've been beat up by religious people. I tell you, if, if the world ever needs critics, rotten tomatoes, whatever that thing's called, just meet religious folk. They're some of the most skeptical, critical people you ever met in your life. I think they're doing something wrong over there. You wouldn't even know because you're not here. Oh, man. I heard the preacher was wearing designer clothes. You're right. I designed this. Never stop praying. I heard he has a jet. Just let me know where it is. I'll be glad to go pick it up. Where and expect it. Who do they think they are? I had somebody say to me just last week, that's all religious people. People call themselves Christians. I like to know where the money well is that you have. So you should come over and dig off of it. I said, I'll give you a job starting Monday morning. You want to start with the property management, the construction business, the sanitation one? I said, let's start even better with volunteering over the church. We'll break that greed right out of you. Oh, boy, did that rub them the wrong way. You don't like what you see. Come on and work like I work. Come do what I do. I'm not using any of your money for this. I bust my tail. When I was getting married years ago, you know how many people told Carolyn, don't marry a preacher, they're poor. The only thing poor is they're thinking. Amen. I worked four jobs when we got married. That's the gospel truth. It's in my blood. I will hustle to the day I die to give the best life to my family I can give. Those kids, am I telling the truth? I took them today. I said, this is my legacy. This is it. Hopefully only two. Amen. But that's it. That's a whole different story. But get yourself an eternal return on investment. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What I love is the more you invest in the kingdom of God, 
the more your heart is into the things of God. The more you invest in the kingdom of God, the more your heart is into the things of God. Wherever you put your money is really where your heart is. Oh, boy. Most Christians don't tithe. They tip. Isn't that true? In fact, you don't even tip because a waiter or a waitress gets 20%. Still love me? Isn't that true? Imagine you go to the restaurant tonight. Well, I'm going to leave you a 4% tip. You're probably going to leave with a flat tire in your car. Amen. <laughs> but it's what most Christians do. Or my favorite is this. Crumpled up ones. Can I just for a second? While I'm striking all the nerves. Imagine you go to a kid's birthday party. Happy birthday. Here's a card with a crumpled up one. You mean the world to me. Oh, it really shows. Glad I can buy like a fifth of a gallon of gas. Amen. But Christians do this all the time. Because the truth is they don't serve God, they serve mammon. It's really true, folks. Now this might be too much for some people, but I'll be honest with you. In our life, our giving, our living, finance areas, things like that. I tell God all the time, God, I curse the spirit of mammon off our house, off our family, watch this, and off our money. And I loose. The Bible says whatever you bind on earth will be bound from heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose from heaven. Father, I loose the spirit of God in our house, over our family, over our money. There won't be too much month at the end of the money. I don't know how else to say it. This is the way I was raised. My great-grandfather had a third-grade education. He died one of the wealthiest men in Lackawanna County. You know what he told us? You work hard and give to God. The rest will work itself out. Dad, you remember my granddad. A bit of a cowboy. I mean, he was, you think I'm rough. My grandfather was like John Wayne, yet like saved. You know that Toby Keith song about putting a boot in people's rear ends? My grandfather had no problem, amen, putting a cowboy boot wherever he had to. But I'll tell you this. He taught us as kids, you work hard and give to God. God will work the rest out. But don't you ever rob God. You hear me? Grandpa, I'm four. <laughs> we got it, amen? Size 11 cowboy boot coming our way. Don't rob God. Clear. Yeah, save a word. Yeah. Oh, man. But Luke 16, 9 says, And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Can I translate that for you? It says, in other words, you can take money and give it into the kingdom, and when you die, souls that are in heaven as a direct result of your giving will welcome you into heaven. That, that's what that translates to. Dig that out for yourself. Ah, unrighteous mammon. When I fail, it's talking about when you die. I told a crowd yesterday I was doing a celebration of life. I do a lot of them these days. I don't like calling them funerals because they knew Jesus. It's not a funeral. Amen. I said amen. 
Now, it's when they didn't know Jesus. It's a different story. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing. Oh, you got this. In other words, when I give to God, when my strength fails, because there will come a day, unless the Lord returns first, hear me, where everybody's going to die. I know, encouraging word. (laughs) Mortality still has a 99% death rate. That's what I told the crowd yesterday anyway. Guys in the front row, they didn't know Jesus. What do you mean 99%? They thought I was crazy. I said, there's this guy named Jesus. He died, and he got up again. He got up again? I said, oh, he got up again. And I said, while he was dead, at least they thought he was dead, I said, he was knocking demons' heads off the wall in hell. That's the kind of Jesus I like. I said, me too. I don't like hippie Jesus. No knock on whatever's going on in the movie theater tonight. Amen. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. I like Jesus with a horse whip. I like bad Jesus. I realize there's hope for me. Amen. This big old burly guy had come up to me after the celebration of life yesterday. He goes, you're more of a biker than you are a priest. I said, that's a compliment. He said, you ride a motorcycle? I said, you know it. He said, don't tell me you ride a Honda. I said, brother, you're lucky we're in a church. I said, I ride a Harley fat boy. Amen. <laughs> V-Rod? Awesome. They have a Porsche motor, and they are fast. No, not anymore. They stopped making them. I'm okay. I thought that was a wonderful compliment, Aaron. I thought to myself, I don't want to look like most preachers. First off, most of them aren't too good looking. (laughs) Second off, if I had to wear a collar, I'd choke. (laughs) I feel like, you don't look like a preacher. What is a preacher supposed to look like? You're right, I don't look like a preacher. I look like everybody else. I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. I don't live in an ivory tower. Oh, man. I better leave it alone. Matthew 25, 21, worship team, you can come back. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Say this, faithfulness produces fruitfulness. Mm. Luke 16, 9 through 13 was our main text tonight. It says, And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest with very little is also dishonest in very much. J.C. Penney said, If I never learned to tithe on the first thousand, I would have never tithed on the first million. There's a book that was written during the Great Depression by Napoleon Hill. I think I told you all this before. It's called Think and Grow Rich. Everybody was doing this. Great Depression was horrible. These men all thought of things a different way. While everybody else was talking depression, recession, things of that nature, these men said, no, I believe this is the greatest time in our history. The principles they all shared. You know what the number one thing was? Tithing. Giving to God. Am I saying these are 
ultra spiritual people? No. I know business people that tithe just because they know that <laughs> brings on the blessing. Jewish people tithe from the time they're born. Ever met a broke Jew? It's true. Come on, some of you are shaking your head. You know it's true. But they're taught those principles from the time they're a child. Jewish people make up about 4% of the world's population, but they control 44% of the world's wealth. I don't think the tithing thing works. John D. Rockefeller, most people didn't know, tithe built man. Oh, but he was shrewd. He was whatever. You could say whatever you want. But he activated the blessing of God in his life by giving to the work of God. If you then have been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will enter, who will entrust to you the true riches? If you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. When we're willing to surrender our money to God, it opens the door for God to speak to us about every other area in our life. Wow, that's... When we're willing to surrender our money to God, it opens the door where God can now speak to us about every other area of our lives. A lot of people, God, I never spoke to me about anything. You haven't even surrendered that area to him. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. It's one or the other. He said, I'd rather you be in Revelation, either hot or you're cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Can you imagine God saying, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm? Jesus taught more on money than he did any other subject. Do the research for yourself. You know why? Because he knew most people, that's what they serve. By the way, if you're new here tonight and you think I'm after your wallet, you got the wrong preacher. You're not giving into a man. You're not giving in anything like that. We closed with it last week. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7, though the tithe is received by mortal man's here on earth, the hands of mortal man, it's received by the hands of God in heaven. I told you your giving goes to the house of God, through the house of God, directly to the hands of God. You're not giving to me. I'm not taking a nickel. Hey, you asked the guy. I'm not here going, oh, I, I, here's my cutoff something. I had a, a, a big name preacher, big, come to me one time in a back room somewhere. And say to me, what's it going to take? I looked at him. I have no idea what you're talking about. He says, I'll fly in a private jet, stay in the top places, do all this, whatever. He said, all you have to do is come in and receive the offering. And he said, I'll give you a cutoff every offering too. Well, I won't tell you what I told him, sister, because I need to repent. But any of you that know me, know that I believe that the offering is precious and holy unto God. And I would never whore out a gift that God gave me. That's the nicest way I know how to put it. And I won't tell you what all I told him. But I wasn't exactly a hippie Jesus. You know why? Because when I've been faithful with little, then he'll make me ruler over much. I want to steward well what God's entrusted me with. That's why I care so much about this ministry. I'm trying to steward this thing well. 
That's why this thing has cost me like unbelievable. And I don't see it as a cost. I see it as an investment in the kingdom of God and the internal return on investment. Every time somebody says yes to Jesus, it made every nickel worth it. The amount of people we baptized in that huge swimming pool I had up in here that me and Lars spent like five days filling. And thank God when it was time to bring it down, it was raining outside. Amen. Y'all could get the drift. Faster than that sump pump, Lars. <laughs> when we baptized a whole bunch of people that made professions of faith, my friend Ed, who's sitting here in the front row tonight, that made a public profession for Jesus Christ, like every nickel was worth it. That said, look, I'm not perfect. I got hurts, habits, and hangups, but I know there's a real Jesus, and I want to profess him as Lord and Savior in my life. It's called an eternal return on investment. When I raised all that money for builders last year to see 133 churches in Honduras built in one year and paid for. How many souls are going to be in the kingdom of God? When I get to heaven someday, I'm going to get welcomed by a bunch of people from Honduras. I'm going to say, si, senor. <laughs> That's the best Spanish I got. <laughs> That's funny. My friend, you saw him on the video there. I should have paused the video and showed you. My friend from New Jersey, who's a doctor and his wife a dentist, who've retired and now moved over to Indonesia. And we helped them fund a medical clinic and a dental clinic. And I'm telling you, if I showed the pictures of these kids with the black on their teeth. They were scra scraping off of these kids. These are friends of mine from New Jersey. God loves New Jersey. Come on, all you people that are saved from New Jersey. Amen. <laughs> I should have paused right there and said, you know how much flack I got from Christians because we were at Trump's golf course raising money? Guess what? The former president donated his golf course to us to allow us to raise money there for missions. I don't like the guy. I didn't ask if you like him or not. I don't see anybody else with that kind of power and influence donating their properties to the kingdom of God and saying, raise all the money you can. And by the way, I'm going to sow something significant too. I got a pitcher sitting in his chair. I said to the lady outside the office, I said, how much to let me in there and take my picture? She goes, you seem really nice. We'll do it quick. Don't post it anywhere, she goes. Here I am. I'm sitting in Don's chair and a big old oil painting of him behind me. <laughs> like a scene from The Godfather. <laughs> Watch this. And this will be our third year going back to Bedminster where he's donated the course. Last year he donated Doral to us to raise all that money for Honduras. I'm blown away by the doors God has opened for us. And I believe it's because I've been faithful with little. I believe it's because I haven't chased every money that's been waved my way. Every large ministry that's been waved my way. I've been faithful right here. And I said, God, what are we doing in Hosedale? I don't say business people open things up to me this year. That's allowed me to be able to get back here and be here on Sunday night. You know who got mad? Religious people. As if they've ever given a nickel. Oh, thank you. I'll take that one. So really, though, when I surrender my money to God, it really allows God to speak into every area of my life. Because it shows God, I'm breaking the spirit of greed. I'm exalting the spirit of God. 
And I want you to know, God, you wholly have my heart. Every last bit of it. You know why? Because even that long nerve from the heart to the wallet, you got that too. And I confess this. When I give, money doesn't rule me. Money doesn't control me. And money doesn't define me. I'm not ruled by mammon. I'm ruled by God. So let me ask you tonight in closing. Will your giving end up in heaven? Or will it be eaten up here on earth? It's a probing question we ask ourselves every time we give. Will your giving end up in heaven? Or will it be eaten here on earth? The Apostle Paul said it like this. He said, it's credited to your heavenly account. Some of y'all didn't know you got a bank account in heaven. I'm okay with that, amen? It's better than Bank of America. It's HNB, but they might kick me out of here, amen? I made this joke last week, but I, I'm half serious about it. I give to God in such a way, such a spirit of generosity, that when I get to heaven, I know he's got a mansion waiting for me. Streets paved with gold. Now, I wouldn't want to be in the people's shoes who are cheapskates. You know why? Because you're going to go to heaven. They're going to parade you by our mansions. Where are they going? Oh, they're going to go where they went. They made it to heaven, yeah, by the skin of their teeth. And Peter, where are you taking us? All the mansions are back there. We're taking you. We're what you gave us to work with. Amen. There's potholes over here. These aren't streets of gold. These are Pendot streets. Sorry. Gary's a big shot with pens. I'm sorry. It's okay. If you don't like the road, just, never mind. He's only been there a few months. Just give him some time. God, what do you mean? It's like the widow who gave her last mite. Religious people. How dare Jesus take that from her? He said, her offering was greater than all you that gave a ton of money. Because you that had money, it didn't cost you anything. It cost her everything. And your anything is his everything. I got to quit. Your anything is his everything. You want to find out little is much in the hands of God. I can tell you story after story after story. This woman I knew, I know, she belongs to my friend's church in Florida. And she was poor in Job's turkey. You know what I'm saying? But she started trusting God. And she said, I don't have a lot. But she started picking up cans. Cashing them in. Giving the money to work of God. Not much, Jody, but God's faithfulness. Little by little, brick by brick, hear me. I'm not talking pamphlet of prosperity. I'm talking about allow God to build the house. The Bible says in Psalm 127, lest the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. She's giving, giving, giving. My friend Bishop, man, he's, man, I commend her. Is there big money people in church? Sure. I don't worry about all that. Grateful for somebody that's caught the message of Jesus that she's willing to do whatever it takes to give into the work of God. Well, she did that for a couple of years. Widow. <laughs> she gets a call one day. 
not like half of you have gotten as a scam. Sorry. You have a cousin in Nigeria. Just give us your social security number, your bank account info, and we'll wire you $10 million. Let me help you. It's a scam. I can, you wouldn't believe how many people have come to me. You know I have a cousin in Nigeria? Let me help you, brother. Uh, you're whiter than her shirt. Amen. You probably don't have a cousin in Nigeria who left you $10 billion. Watch this. Relative she never knew of in Canada passed. Was the heir to Firestone Tires. Let me tell you. She went from picking cans up on the side of the road. You want to talk about blessed. When you've been faithful with little, I'll make you cruel for much. It's a heart issue, folks. It's a heart thing. Am I promising get rich things by promising God's going to make you a millionaire? No. What I'm promising you is we get the blessing of being able to give into the work of God and trust God with everything. And I promise you, like David, you'll grow up someday and say, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Never once. Ever. I'll leave it with this one and we'll close. There's a man who's a, a partner of mine. Wonderful man of God. I love him. He pops in here from time to time. You wouldn't even know. He sits in the back usually with a cap over his head. Him and his wife got saved. She's a wonderful sister from Africa. Amen. God loves the Africans. Loves the Americans. Loves everybody, really. friend started giving. He got hooked up with me. He said, here's God. Started believing God. Started trusting God little by little by little. Anyway, he had a turnaround situation take place in their lives. God blessed them beyond their wildest dreams. And he goes, Tyler, at first when I heard you preach this stuff, I thought you were nuts. He said, but I found out God is real. And God will really do what he said he'll do. He's now funding missions work all over the place. I mean, God has blessed him to such a place. And he said, but it all started with being faithful with the little. So I ask you this as we close. Will you, will your giving end up in heaven? Or will it be eaten up here on earth? Is this a tough thing to preach on? Sure, because people get mad. You know why? Because they're greedy. Will I sleep good tonight? Oh, baby, will I ever. I'm tired. Preach a couple times. Amen. Whew. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for people here in just a minute. But I'm here to really tell you, there's a real God in heaven that really loves you. And I'm asking you tonight to surrender your heart to him. God's not interested in your wallet. He's interested in your heart. But your heart can't be wrapped around your wallet. It's got to be wrapped around God. How else to say this, folks? When I felt a release last week to teach on generosity, and I'll probably do it for another week or two, however the Lord has us do it, but felt the release to do this in this church, I felt God speak to me. 
and say this. It will be a major healing for a lot of people in this area. Ask some people that wrote me a while. Ed, am I telling the truth? Been with me a long time. Ask him if this thing works. Ask people that, that it, have, Jody, am I telling the truth? You were telling me stories last week of what, you guys were in a tough time. Did God take care of you every step of the way? Hang on. What? Every step. <laughs> Just in case they couldn't hear you. Every step of the way. No, no, it's not your fault. You don't have a microphone. There was a little old lady who didn't have much, but she always gave to God. Continually, people would leave groceries on her porch. You know why? Because God will speak to people, hear me, for God to help them, but it might use money. So one day, her neighbor, who wasn't a Christian, bought her groceries and waited for her to come outside and thank God for it. So he could go, ha, ha. See, your God isn't real. Can you imagine the stupidity of people? I mean, this poor little old lady. So he buys all these groceries. I mean, elaborate. Leaves it all at her doorstep, knocks on the door. Kids, you remember playing Ding Dong Ditch? I know nobody in this crowd. The last crowd I preached in. Right? So he leaves all these groceries out there. Knocks on the door <laughs> and then hides behind a bush. And when she comes out, thank you, Jesus. You've done it again. God, you're so faithful. God, you've taken care of me time and time again. You've done it, Lord, again and again. She's thanking the Lord. And this bozo jumps out from behind the bush. Ha, 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 your God's not real. I did that for you. Just proof your God doesn't exist. She looks at him. Thank you, Jesus. You used the devil to buy me groceries. <laughs> every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you don't know my Jesus. Isn't that good? I allow the devil to buy my groceries whenever he wants. Amen. Bozo. And then we get him on the camera at the house. Anyway. Maybe you don't know my Jesus. You're not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. There's a God in heaven that really loves you. He really wants to meet with you. We're going to receive the offering tonight in just a minute. And then we're going to pray for some people, if that's all right. I got a little bit left in me. Amen. After that prayer line today, I thought I was done. But I don't know what happens with the anointing, but it's like it runs strength right into your body again. Might fall asleep on the car ride home tonight. That's okay. Rick will drive us safe. Amen. Whew. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord what he'd have you to do. Tithe belongs to God. We don't touch that. We always give our tithe back to God. But say, Lord, show me what you would have me to do that will unlock what you have for me. I'm not buying blessings from God, hear me. But when God knows he can trust you with money, then God will allow you to have a little bit more of it. I said to the Lord one day, I said, God, why have you blessed us the way you have? You know what I heard him say? Because I saw I can trust you. Even when I wasn't serving the Lord, I always gave my tithe. 
craziest thing in the world. I wasn't serving God. I was out living like the devil. Still gave him my tithe all the time. You know what? Because I knew the principles from the time I was born. That's the way we were raised, Brother Lou. Work hard and give to God. Let the rest fall where it falls. I want to pray a prayer of repentance with you first. Then we'll receive the offering, and then we'll pray for some people. And then I hope you have the best week of your life. I sincerely mean that. Off to a great start. I like that. You know why? It's an act of faith. God, I give you the beginning of the week. I come to your house on Sunday to show you, God, that you deserve the glory and the honor before anything else this week. We talked about Cain and Abel, right? An acceptable offering and one that was displeasing. God, I'm giving you my first and my best. I'm coming to your house, God. Hear me. On Sunday night in Honesdale. Not like there's much other going on. On Sunday night around here. Amen. But I want you to know I've come to meet with you. I've come to experience your house and what you're doing. But ultimately, God, I've come to have an encounter with you. Now, I make no apologies about this. Starting next Sunday night, which will be the first Sunday in March, which is crazy to believe. We'll receive two offerings. And every first Sunday of the month, one will be the general offering. Second one will be for missions, strictly. I make no apologies about it. You know why? Because your giving is going to be twice sown and go directly into work of God. I don't know anybody else, I'm not commending you, that sent 350 cases of water to Palestine, Ohio this week. I don't know anybody else, just to give you an idea where your giving went, this week that we sold money into St. Jude's. I don't know anybody else this week, I, I did a television thing with Trumpet TV and King TV this week, but that sold money into Palestine again this week, like we do you know, just about every other week, to put Bibles in their language in the hands when people have gotten saved. What you did. Someday when you get to heaven, there'll be a bunch of people from Palestine because of your generous partnership with the work of God. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I pray, God, that we receive it tonight in your house. I'm asking you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I repent of all sin, past, present, and future. Father, I trade my sin for your salvation. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything I am. And I put my life in your hands. Use me by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Sit tight just for a second, if you would. Where's Brother Howie at? Come down here, bring your mom. I don't know if your brother's here or not. I'm going to have everybody stretch a hand towards my brother here. Hallelujah. He came up just tonight to be prayed for. How about it? God honors faith. Amen. Right, Mom? Wonderful people. She's given her boys here, Tyler and Kyle. They've helped us, I can't tell you how many times over the last how many years. And I believe tonight the Lord's going to help you. He's going in for a surgery tomorrow, but we're going to believe God that the Holy Spirit and the angels are going to guide the surgeon's hands. you got a church here that's believing with you. Spirit of unity. Stretch a hand towards my brother if you would. Got a wonderful name, Tyler. Amen. I like that name. 
Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for this wonderful man of God, his wonderful praying mother in this family, God. Father, I pray the angels guide the surgeon's hands tomorrow. I pray, Father, he would have just a spirit of peace about him, a peace that surpasses all understanding. God, when he goes down to the general hospital in the morning, God, he would say, I'm not nervous. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Father, I put angels on assignment even now. Guide the surgeon's hands. No more pain in my brother's back. Touch him, Lord. Touch him, Father. May he feel your warmth and your love and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God. Is he so faithful to serve in your house? Whew. Holy Spirit, touch him. Strengthen him. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I love you guys. Appreciate you, man. Sister, I'm going to pray for you. Stretch a hand towards my friend here. Wendy, it's her first time here. I know they gave you a bad report. I'm going to give you a better report. How's that? Yeah, that's the anointing, honey. Just receive everything Jesus paid for. It's okay. Hallelujah. I know we've never met before. You heard a lot about me? Probably half of it's true. Amen. No, I'm teasing. Now, Wendy, we haven't talked. We've never met. But I believe the Lord's going to touch you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And that thing with your brain, we're going to believe God to reverse it. How's that? Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're going to take a death sentence off your life. you got a whole church here praying and believing God with you. Wendy, I've laid hands on thousands of people and see God raise people up, heal cancer, diabetes, open blind eyes, deaf ears. Down at the other location, i got a whole room of wheelchairs in it. People, I pulled out of wheelchairs. I'm nobody special, but Jesus is everything. And because the shed blood of Jesus Christ is a thing called the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Two of the gifts, power gifts, are gifts of healing and working of miracles. Hallelujah. And I've prayed for you. need a miracle? I know, honey. Well, I know the God of all miracles. Hallelujah. Just waiting on the Lord a second, honey. It's going to be all right. That's okay. I can't sit still either. It's all right. That's okay. You do whatever you got to do. We're just going to pray and believe God. Hallelujah. Stretch a friend towards my sister. In Jesus' mighty name, I take authority over this foul spirit of infirmity. I command you to leave in Jesus' mighty name. I come with Christ's authority and through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, to touch your body. Angels, I put you on assignment even now for gifts of healing and working of miracles. I curse that death sentence off of your life. I bind that foul spirit of infirmity. I send it out into the deep to report to its master, Satan. It has failed. Whew. Be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Just receive everything Jesus paid for through his shed blood. Healing is the children's bread. Better, better, better in Jesus' mighty name. I curse this foul death sentence and I speak life into you.
healing India. We believe with a spirit of unity, hallelujah, that Jesus Christ is raising you up. You'll stand to give testimony to Christ the healer did it again. Jehovah Rapha, we call on you. And we thank you for it. We believe we receive the moment we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Recreate, 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 Lord. Touch her brain, Father. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're not used to worship like this, we're a church that believes in all the gospel. Amen. I don't make any apologies for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm not ashamed of them. The Holy Spirit doesn't belong in a back room. He belongs on display in people's lives. And people tell me, just do the Holy Spirit thing in a back room. It'll grow the church. No, I don't want a church grown on nonsense. I want the Lord to build the house. I want people to know he's a real God that can really do what he says he can do. Tell me about church growth. Could care less. Well, I'm interested in seeing people's lives transformed. Hallelujah. 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 They're going to minister in song just for a moment. And when you're ready, bring your offering to the altar of the Lord. There's never any compulsion to give. And if you feel like there's any compulsion, don't give. The Bible says not to give under compulsion, but to be led by the Spirit of God with our giving. We're going to bring our offering to the Lord. They're going to worship for a moment. And if you'd like, we'll lay hands on you and believe God with you. There won't be any formal dismissal, because I don't know how to do that. I try, but I seem to never be able to get there. So when you're ready, as God moves you, We'll give to the work of God. And if you want prayer, when we're done giving, myself and some of these young guys that are training for the ministry will be glad to pray for you. Amen? So, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we lift our giving to you, God. Father, we believe you for great and mighty things. I'm bringing you three offerings, believing for three times the outpouring. Upon your house, upon your people, I thank you your word cannot return to you void. Father, bless your people. And I pray the Holy Spirit would blow across this place. As we're done giving to you, God, giving our hearts to you, may you continue to reveal things in people's lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Go ahead and minister, guys.
here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to close this thing out. Well, we're going to let them sing, and you can go as you please. Amen. I know a bunch of folks had to go. God bless them as they go. Amen. Thank you for being here. Man, I feel the anointing. Take the hand of the person to your right or your left, if you could. I don't care if you got to come together. Don't worry, it's not COVID season. It's Jesus season. Amen. My calendar doesn't have COVID season. I got spring, summer. I probably hit the pause button in summer. Fall and winter. Amen. No flu season. No other dumb seasons that anybody invented. From Fauci to the rest of them. Amen. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do me a favor. All of you sections, if you could kind of just come together and take the, these people won't bite you. Amen. John might, but the rest of you won't. Amen. I'm teasing. Just take the hands of the people as much as you can. Where there's a spirit of unity is where God can move. I have no problem running anybody off. You know why? Because I don't want anybody that's going to hurt what God is trying to do. Part of being a good shepherd is shooting some wolves. Oh boy. But they call themselves a pastor. I don't care what they call themselves. I got no problem pulling out the old. Tonight's a 357. Amen. <laughs> Depends on the day. But where the spirit of unity is, is where God dwells. That was my first point this morning. One of the services, anyway. Whew. Say this to your neighbor. Say, God's a good God. God loves you, and God wants to bless your life. There's a whole bunch of one another commands in the Bible. But one of the greatest one another commands is pray for one another. Pray for one another. I'm here to tell you, you're in a church of people who pray, who really love God, and who worship Him, not just on Sundays, but all week long. You want to see the amount of people reading through the Bible together in a year. It's unbelievable. I love it. You know, it shows growth. I'm interested so much in numerical growth as I am spiritual growth in people's lives. Life transformation. This thing keeps growing. We're going to turn the world upside down. In Jesus' name. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I've never dismissed a service like this before. <laughs> what else is new? And I'm going to pray a blessing over you. And then I want you just to take a minute and pray for the person on your right or your left. They don't need to tell you their needs. They don't need to whatever. Just in the spirit of unity, a spirit of faith, believe in God for great and mighty things. Whew. Hallelujah. 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 Brother Jared, for your breathing to get clearer and clearer in Jesus' name. 
better and better. That's it. Just if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're not, just begin to thank Jesus that he's answering the prayer of the person next to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. Lift that up. Hallelujah. This is what heaven looks like, folks. Headline news. Fill this house. Fill this house. Fill this house. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, move upon your people, Lord. <laughs> Father, I thank you. That tomorrow, when I have unsaved friends coming here to help me with some HVAC things, I pray the anointing that's in this place will just get on them. I pray as they get up to work in the ceiling of this place, the anointing hits them. Draws them in. Jesus' mighty name. For unsaved loved ones. For families. For unity. Hallelujah. This is powerful. I'm telling you, this is powerful. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Brother Duggo, turn around and lay hands on the brother behind you. Put your hands right on his chest. Ten years cancer free. And you'll never have cancer again in Jesus' name. You foul devil. You take your hands off God's property. He's a good man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> In Jesus' name, this is the body of Christ. Spirit of unity, praying for one another, lifting each other up. This is not about a man. This is about one man, Jesus Christ. Whew. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whew. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Quit chasing revival. Chase the God of revival. And you ain't got to worry about it. The anointing will just chase you. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just another minute, folks. It's early. For me, anyway. Usually I'm halfway to preaching by now. Spirit of Almighty God.
Hallelujah. Brother Rick and Brother Aaron, Brother Lou, as much as I could see back there, put your hands on Brother Stan there in the middle. In Jesus' mighty name, I loose a new grace into my brother's body. New strength, a new anointing. Stan, you've become a wonderful dad. Naturally, but now the Lord's going to increase you spiritually. I don't know what you do in your spare time, other than we're good friends. But I know this, your spiritual appetite has took off like a rocket. Hallelujah. More and more and more and more, Father. More and more. I thank you for him and Jessica and their wonderful family. Touch them, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Stan, I see as a pillar in God's house. Do it, Jesus. What I like about you is you got a silent strength about you. Bless him, Lord. Use him, God. Give him more strength, more grace. Use him as a pillar in your house, God. You spend your natural life rescuing people and saving their lives. God's going to give you anointing to do it in the spirit, too. Use him, Lord. Strengthen him in Jesus' mighty name. Just another minute, just praying for each other. Amen. Just praying for each other. It's okay. The kids don't bother me any. I'd rather hear them in God's house than in a crack house. I mean that sincerely. People have a problem with kids in God's house. I got a problem with you in God's house. The Bible says unless you have faith like a child, you'll never see the kingdom of heaven. Jesus loves the little children. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, while we're in a spirit of unity tonight in your house, I thank you, Lord, for people that are receptive to your word, that we can talk on the tough things and surrender those things to you. So you could freely speak to us about any area of our life. Father, we don't want a casual thing, a transactional thing. We want a real relationship with you. So, Father, I pray you fill this house with people that are genuinely hungry and thirsty for you. And the things of you. Run all the bums off. Father, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Prayer can do what God can do. Now I pray the Lord blesses you. And I pray the Lord keeps you. I pray he always causes his face to shine upon you. You're rising up. You're lying down. 
You're coming in, you're going forth. Each and every day you live to see the gift of another sunrise. May you know that you're blessed and highly favored by the Lord Most High. It's a knowing in your spirit. I said a knowing. It's a confidence in who your God is. There's not one person in this room that's here with a wrong agenda or a wrong motive. I can see it by the Spirit. God is just... It's like a... I don't know how to say it. It's like a cloud of purity. You know what I ask him, Ed? Purify your house, Lord. Purify your house, Lord. All-consuming fire. Come and have it in the praises of your people. And one last thing before I leave you alone. I want to pray the Lord baptizes you with the Holy Ghost and fire. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, begin just to speak in tongues. If you're not, just say, thank you, Jesus, for filling me with the Holy Ghost. Thank you for baptizing me with the Holy Ghost and fire, the evidence of speaking in new tongues. At the fulfillment of Pentecost, they were all gathered together in one place, in one accord, in one mind, a spirit of unity. And a mighty rushing wind from heaven come upon them. Be filled. Be filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. <sighs> Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill the room, Lord, fill the room. <sighs> Jesus. I'm longing to see your spirit poured out in this house in greater measure. Greater, 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 greater. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. More and more and more. If you're hungry and you're thirsty for the things of God, you shall be filled. More and more and more and more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got something in your spirit? Sing it out. Lead us in a song of worship.